Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com earnings right now. netsuite.com earnings. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, I'm Scott Soshner. I'm Evan Novi Williams. And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. We explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Let's get into some of our topics today, beginning with last night's NBA lottery on ESPN. The second pick will be made by... The Memphis Grizzlies, and that means that the number one pick in the 2019 NBA draft goes to the New Orleans Pelicans. I have a lot to say about this. Good thing you have a microphone in your face. Oh, my. First of all, okay, congratulations to the Pelicans. The Knicks get the third pick, and I'm sure Knicks fans are like, man, not again. But what's even more surprising is that the Lakers got the fourth pick. When you say more surprising, the Knicks only had a 16% or 14%, 14, 14% chance, at, chance. At, at number one, so it's really right. not all that surprising. Yeah, but uh, but still, no, I'm t- well, I'm saying more surprising <laughs> is that the Lakers... The Lakers had. had a 2% chance at number one, but certainly they were one of the teams that moved up. And when you had Lakers and Knicks still alive with four to go, you're like, oh boy. Like yeah, you he, could see Adam Silver salivating yeah, and yeah. when there was four teams left. We, for we've sure. gone this we've gone this far, by the way, and haven't even said the name Zion Williamson yet. But he, you see his face when it was obvious. <laughs> well, once the Lakers and the Knicks were out, like it was Memphis or New Orleans. Did you see Zion? It's like, oh, uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I mean, I feel for him. He said, "You know what? No, he's gonna. Get, you know, I'm gonna call Eli Manning and see what was it? He said, I'm not going to San Diego. Like, I'm just not going." You know, could you see? Didn't Elway do that a long time ago? Elway yeah, and could, Manning. Yeah. Could you yeah. see Zion saying, "I'm not going. Like I don't want to do it. You trade me. You have to trade." His, I mean, his marketability would take a hit right off the bat, where you're just sort of dictating. But he's still going to make tons of cash. So does he care? How much does it affect his marketability? I mean, LeBron James was the best comparison in my mind to what Zion yeah. is hype wise. He went to a small city in in Cleveland and has yeah, but he's done, from Akron. Has so done very different. well. He wanted for himself. to be there, but he wanted to be right. there. Sure, but I, I almost feel as though at this point, you know, you're going to get the big shoe deal regardless of where you're playing you're and you're on get the national big shoe TV. Deal. There and... are folks who said early on some some of the marketers I talked to said it'll cost him a few million bucks just okay. because of the regional if he had been in New York it'd be a few million early on. Overall long term if he's a great player and they win uh, He's a, you're an international icon. You make all your money. Sure. Plenty of opportunities. But it's all predicated on playing well and winning. Why do we have the lottery system in the first place? And then they change it. So this. teams don't tank. Well, but they tank now. They, they're still tanking. Yes, they are. They are. But not as badly. I mean, if you this year, 
if you had no lottery in place, and I'm being serious about this, you have for discussion, if there was no lottery and Zion or LeBron or a LeBron was available, do you doubt that there's a team that would shoot for 0-82? I bet you they would put the B team out on the floor. Right. You know, and that's really bad for the league. Like that doesn't quite happen now. Like you're sort of you're sort of, well, I'll rest some play. But an overt we don't care, that's the situation you would have. I just putting it to chance like this, and they and they've changed it because it used to be what they had a twenty five percent chance yeah. if you were the Knicks, and then they changed all of this. Yeah. But but that's my point is like why leave this to chance? Can't you set some rule system up to where yeah, to avoid the tanking, but at the same time too, if we see you purposely tanking, you're not going to get rewarded. There's got to be some system well, to be set. I think this is the system. This is you're By the right. Way, no and this team, is the answer. No team since the lottery's been there. No team with the best chance at number one has gotten it. So really, you shouldn't be tanking because no team with the best chance has ever gotten the number one pick. Yeah, it does make you wonder if you know NBA teams look at this lottery and say, this is the biggest star we've had under this league in, in, in 10 years plus. The team that got him was a team that had a 6% chance in the lottery. Maybe this idea of racing to the bottom is no longer the, maybe the right approach, right? Um, going back to the idea for for Zion Williamson, you know, this may not fully hurt his value all that much. I do think, from a league wide perspective, this is a bad result for the NBA, right? The, I big, mean, the big loser on the night was the NBA. Yeah, it, it may being in a small market isn't terrible for Zion himself, but putting Zion, if this makes sense, putting him York, in a small market yeah. actually is a bad thing, I think, for the NBA. Boom. On to our next topic. The NCAA is creating a working group to address legislation surrounding the name, image, and likeness rights of student-athletes. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Uh, Earlier this week, the NCAA announced that it was putting together this working group uh, to look at this idea, explore the idea of whether college athletes should be able to be paid for their their name, image, and likeness, which in simple terms means be able to market themselves. Um, And this sounds like a great step forward until you read the rest of the release when it says the group will not consider any concepts that will be construed as payment for participation in college sports. Uh, Now, there's two ways to read that, right? The cynical way to read that is, listen, the NCAA loves nothing more than to put together a working group that will come together, (laughs) meet for six months, and then come out and say that, you know, the current rules are pretty much exactly what they want and maybe loosen one or two things. Uh, That's the cynical way to look at it. The positive way to look at that is saying that, look, they don't want to pay for participation in college sports directly, which means that they don't want Alabama paying, what, $10,000 per month to a recruit, but they might be able to open the door so that when you're a star in college sports, if you're Johnny Manziel winning Heisman trophies at Texas A&M, you can sign a local deal with the, the car dealership. You can sign a deal with, with maybe Nike. You can market yourself and make money off of your own popularity. Uh, and for folks who follow college sports a lot, this is exactly the idea that Ed O'Bannon tried to get to in his lawsuit uh, against the NCAA and, and, and bringing in EA Sports for their use of players' names, images, and, and jersey numbers, etc., in the in in the college sports video games, uh, this would be if the NCAA was willing to loosen its restrictions here, would be a monumental step forward in college athletes being able to see a piece of the billions of dollars they generate. Producer Colin Tipton, can we get a time on the on how long Evan just had like spoke without anybody interrupting? <laughs> My like forty five. I was reading some emails. 25. I I actually read three emails and sent two. He's got well, passion. 
He's got he's got passion on the college sports guys. scene. No, no, that, that, <laughs> no, was, that, that was that was great. Good. Keep going, Evan. Yeah, like wasn't it. Val Ackerman the chair of this working group? Our friend Val Ackerman. Yeah, commissioner of the Big East. Val so Ackerman, I, feel, I, I which love is Val. a good. Yeah, I love Val. I, for it, sure. I, that's somebody in college sports. By the way, a a conference that doesn't have football or it's not big time football doesn't stress football. If I wanted change in college sports. I would like somebody like Val Ackerman included in a working group that's trying to come up with solutions. Agreed. And if I was a betting man, this is, in my opinion, the most likely next window in terms of kind of chiseling away at the amateurism model, letting players be able to market themselves while in college, which technically is them getting paid for their talents. You know why I like this, this particular thing that they're looking at? Because when we talk about players, you got to decide who's going to make the money. We're really only talking about a handful of players on the biggest team that realistically can make decent coin. Sure, you get the guys in the local markets can do the local car dealer thing. I get it. But we're really only talking about a handful of college football players. The rest are these nameless, faceless guys that fill out a football team. So by letting those star players, I still go back to Johnny Manziel because he was so big when he was playing at AM. Uh, fine. That that really ends the conversation. If Johnny Manziel can go out there and pitch his likeness and make five million bucks, great. Let him do it. Then you soften the argument everybody else has, like you're not treating these players fairly. Because college football, like it or not, is, like some other leagues, a star-driven game. You sell those jerseys, those faces are everywhere. It's, it's Manziel and the Aggies, all that. And most importantly, it's a business. Yes. And people have to realize that and especially these athletes, they're putting in. What if they get hurt? Maybe we're maybe we're part of the problem because we always talk about the big four sports leagues. Mm, should yeah. we lump it? Like, should we just say, you know what? We got to add college sports, basketball, and football too. The big six. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Look at those TV deals. The big six. Yeah, I mean, if the NBA nine billion dollars in revenue, right? College sports division one writ large is if you factor in all all the the different numbers, is up there as well. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication, it's fortitude, and it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us, made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY.
Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Hurd, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And moving on to our final item today with the legalization of sports betting. It looks like ESPN has plans to create programming for gamblers, or let's put it in other terms, what am I watching tonight? Start the stopwatch on Mr. Novi Williams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel a little deja vu here uh, in that the way I felt a year ago when it seemed like every podcast we were talking about a new streaming deal between Twitter and the NHL or Facebook and MLB, there was this big rush for sports leagues, big and small, to get their content on direct uh, digital providers. That's where we are right now with sports sports betting. I feel like every podcast we're talking about another big media company partnering with a casino or another big league partnering with an operator just seems like there there's so much going on in this world. If I see one more person who purportedly knows about this, say, well, times have changed. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to go nuts. I swear to you, I'm going to go bonkers. I just can't. And I know Twitter's a small sample size, but it's a lot of industry folks, you know, reporters who should know better. Well, you know, boy, another deal sign. Well, times have changed, Barr. No, you don't say. Thanks so Captain much. Obvious. Yeah, I'm not going to name the person, but I t- somebody yesterday on Twitter, somebody in the industry had put something like, well, boy, you know, you got teams in Las Vegas and they're putting this in Vegas and they're going to put that. Boy, times have changed. And yes, but I looked over at Eben and I said, I was there in 2007 when the NBA had its all-star game in Las Vegas. 2007. So, you know, let's just say some folks, it's not a surprise that Adam Silver was the one who wrote that op-ed in the New York Times and told us, (laughs) you know, maybe we should take another look at this whole sports betting thing. Yes, it, it's not a revolution. It's an evolution, but we're getting there. There are two major players in the in the nationwide broadcasting of, of, of live sports, one being Fox and the other being ESPN. And in the past week, we've seen both of them kind of lay out their plans. And we talked last week about Fox, which bought a 5% stake in, in an operator called Stars Group and is launching its own platform. ESPN took Fox the milk. Bet. Fox bought the cow. Yeah, ESPN going a, a very different route. This week, they, they partnered, as you said, Michael, a deal with Caesars. Uh, it does not involve any equity taking place. There's not, at least now, going to be ESPN Bet as a platform. Uh, they are building a studio in one of the Caesars Las Vegas uh, locations so they can produce more content around gaming, uh, around gambling, um, certainly more so than just their the TV show they launched recently. You're going to see more coverage of it kind of ancillary around the things that ESPN does. But if you listen to Bob Iger, he is adamant that they are not going to become a sports book. They are not going to become a platform anytime I'm soon. I'm glad you mentioned Iger because, yeah, we always need to look up to the top of the mountain. 
you've still got Mickey Mouse. And on the other side, you know, you got Bob Iger, the Disney CEO. So it's Mickey Mouse. And on the other side, you've got the Murdochs, who have always taken risks. That's what I like to see. And by the way, at the Fox upfront, you know, sports is always a part of something. The Fox upfront, they're all in on sports. Like more than half of that upfront, you had the WWE stars, mm. you had you had A Rod was there, you had all the football guys especially were there. Especially now, and especially with the new yeah, leader Fox. It's, it's it's Fox Sports and news. You know, they used to have some new scripted stuff, but the sports is being used to promote it all. So there you go, Murdochs versus versus the Mouse. This has been the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Scott Soschnick and Evan Novi williams We are here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week when we speak with Amy Latimer, president of the TD Garden up in Boston. She's having uh, quite a playoffs right now. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online where you get your podcasts. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.